impact. You love to see it. Instant impact. Can it really go? Instant impact. How nice is he? Never going back. What is he gonna do on the next level? Instant impact. Is he gonna be a boom or bust? Instant impact. Is he gonna make or break? Instant impact. It's going down today. <laughs> yeah, coming off that fire intro. It's your boy Coach Keith. I'm in a building. Got my boy BA from the GA, fresh from the MIA. <laughs> What's good, baby? Hey, man, just got some sun, some good vitamin D for you. It's always good for the soul. Get down to the beach, man. Some clear water down there in 30A, man. But I am glad to be back to be talking and scouting. I love talking ball, man. It's one of my favorite things in the world just to sit down and talk some football, especially with a guy like you, Keith, that actually knows a little bit of something about the game. Uh, it's just, man, and the, the only way I can say is this kind of stuff, it gets my rocks off, man. I love talking football, so I'm excited to be back on here, man. You know, they say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life, and this is definitely what I love, talking ball. Um, I, I enjoy being on the show with you, Brooks. Let's get right to it, baby. We're going to start off in the Pac-12 in the Pacific Northwest, running back Demir Collins, he's going to be a hometown hero. He's going to stay home and play for Oregon State University. I like this little darter. He can yeah. go. What you see on tape? Man, a darter and a little darter is the exact, you know, definition of what this kid is, right? Five foot eight and a half, five foot nine, 185 pounds. But he went for 2,400, a little over 2,400 yards last year as a junior. And, man, he's just real dangerous in tight spaces, right? You get this guy. What's the old saying? They can make you miss in a phone booth. This is one of those guys when they use that cliche, that's who they're talking about. Exactly. Got that shimmy and definitely has that shake, does Demir Collins. The only thing I got a question about, and we're going to talk about, I've kind of changed up my scouting here on these notes. I'm going to give you a little question about all these guys. My only question about Demir Obviously, people are going to talk about the height. The question I've got is, man, he wasn't playing against very good competition out there in Oregon. If you were to put this te- these teams he's playing against out here in the South or maybe even down there in Southern California against some of them big schools like Matter Day that we're going to talk about a little bit later, this, this kind of looks like JV competition. But this is a spread back, man. If I've ever seen one, he's got the ability, like we talked about, to make that first defender miss. And that's an invaluable skill in college football nowadays. To be able to make that, it's always been invaluable in football, but really to make that outside safety, that first defender in the box, whoever it's going to be to make that guy miss is invaluable. I didn't see him catching too many balls in high school in that system that they were running, but I'm assuming that he's got the ability to do so, and they're going to have to do exactly that out there at Oregon State. You're going to have to get this guy out in space and let him work, but man, you called it right, man. A, a darter is the exact way to describe Demir Collins. You know, when you talk about a running back, for me, the most important thing at a running back, like you talked about, I just kind of want to reiterate is making that first defender miss. A lot of times, as a former defensive coordinator myself, we scheme up a defense to make sure we have one free hangover player Mm -hmm. to match the football, right? To match the guy with the football. Now, if the guy with the football is dangerous enough to where 50-50, he can make a guy miss, but that makes the defense's job that much harder and makes guys like me sleep that much less. One thing I like about Demir, his ability to change direction by sticking his foot in the ground and getting lateral. Love his awareness and his vision in the open field. He understands when to get diagonal, when to get lateral. Um, He's sharp in a 90-degree cut. He can explode out the cut without uh, losing speed. Demir Collins, really good running back. Like you said, competition isn't great out there in Oregon. 
But nevertheless, this is a, a sub four or five guy. This is an explosive guy in space. This is a guy with great field vision and instincts in the open field. I like and look, and, and look, if you're going to be this size, you've got to be able to do all these things we're talking about. You've got to have breakaway speed. You've got to be able to be short and shifty and quick twitch. And he's got all those things. So I don't really worry about the size, especially out there in the Pac-12. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Everybody's playing in space out there. They use every bit of that 53 and a half yards horizontally. So I think the Oregon State, the decision to stay home for Demir Collins is a good one. And I think he's going to be a ball player in the Pac-12. Kind of reminds me, I mean, he's not as much of a track speed burner as DeAnthony Thomas, but it's that same body style, right? That ability to just shifty as all get out and then to, to run away from folks. He's got all that. No question. Let's move along. Let's stay in the Pacific Northwest. Defensive end, Nathan Rawlings. Kimbonji commits to Oklahoma. Now, this is a big joker now. Yeah, I was about to say, we go from a, a really undersized guy to the complete other end of the spectrum yeah, we, here. We with have Nathan. a power forward here yeah. as a strong side defensive end, a 6'7", 255. He's going to tap out at, you know, 275, 280 at least. You're talking about a five technique at some point down the line. Would you see him there? Would you like? Man, I'm going to tell you what. I've, I, I'm into player comparisons, and I think the ceiling for this kid, I think you said he might max out at 275. If he gets up to that 280, 285 range, I think the ceiling for this kid is Calais Campbell. The way he uses his length and the way he gets his hands on blockers, I think that's exactly what – I mean, he knows he's 6'7", and he plays all of 6'7". I, that's what I like to see about him. He's not one of these guys that tries to play small just because it's cool. He likes to play with that link, really gets those hands inside the chest, and really locks out at the point, man. I, I love the way he sheds blockers. And then not only the way he sheds blockers, but he redirects and gets flat down the line of scrimmage really well for a guy this big. But to me, this is all about scheme fit out there for Nathan at Oklahoma. Alex Grinch is known for that 3-4 hybrid defense. They're going to let this guy get in a head-up five technique like you're talking about and just let it rip. He's going to be able to set the edge. He's going to be able to rush the passer on third down. He's not going to come off the field at Oklahoma once he establishes himself as a starting defensive end. I really like this. The only question is what we've already hit on. How much weight? What are you going to do with him weight-wise? Are you going to leave him down there at 260, 265? Are you going to bump him up to 270, 275 and really add some good poundage on him? That's the only question I got. What, what are they going to do? How are they going to play him? I know at high school he, sh- he shed it down almost into a zero. Not almost into a zero. He played zero tech a lot in high school as well. So you know he's got the ability to play inside. But in that hybrid defense, I think this is exactly the type of dude that Alex Grinch needs to play on the edge on third down, but then in rundown, heavy run situations to maybe bump inside when they go even front to play three tech. And he's going to he's gonna overwhelm undersized guards out there. You get a guard in there, 6'2", short arm, man, he's going to be on their chest immediately off the snap. Yeah, I like, I like the comparison with Kalias Campbell. One thing that makes Kalias special is his versatility, right? His scheme versatility, yeah. the ability to be a five tech, six tech, set the edge, right, stack and shed, and really fit in the run game um, and, and be an edge setter. And then the sub packages, be able to kick inside, use his length, his size, his quickness to really become a mismatch um, in the interior. I think that's where Nathan Riley's Kibungi goes. I think he's going to balloon up. By the time he gets three squares every day on a college campus and a weight program, he'll be 285 by his second to third year. At six foot seven and 285, he's not going to get scary. Tired. 
Yeah, he's not going to be a guy that's going to bend the edge, right, and be flexible on the edge and be a speed rusher. It's not going to be his game. He's going to be a stack and shed guy. He's going to be an edge setter. He's going to be a physical presence of the run game. He's going to be a guy that's going to kick inside, give you a vertical pass rush uh, on third down. So Nathan Kibonji going to Oklahoma, big time get for the Sooners. Let's move along. Defensive back T.J. Quinn commits to Louisville. Like this guy. He's a safety. He's my type of guy, Brooks. Yeah, you know I know I like he is. Him. Fast and physical. Talk to fast, me. Fast and physical. They're going to put that on your tombstone there, Keith. Yeah, uh, no, nah, man. But y'all, y'all know if y'all been watching, I know most of Keith's followers, y'all are West Coast based out there. But let me tell you a little something about Lowndes High School down here, okay? Sure. When they talk about big boy football in South Georgia, this is what they're talking about, okay? These kids play in front of 10, 12,000 uh, fans every single Friday night. It looks like Texas high school football out here down in South Georgia, okay? You get a little north, and you're going to sit around four or 5,000 fans out in the stands. Not down there in Lowndes. Not down there in that Valdosta area. They live, eat, sleep, and breathe high school football, and this kid's played against all the dudes from Georgia. This is 7A football. This is as big as it gets, okay? 6'1", 200 pounds. His sophomore year in high school, Keith, he ran a 22-6 in the 200. So he can really get up and go and can really cover sideline to sideline. What I really liked about him is how – you talked about that fast and physical, man. When he decides to come downhill – He's coming downhill with a thump. I mean, he's got some serious pop in his pads. Hips appear to be a little bit tight when we're talking about that back end. So I think as a young player up there at Louisville, probably let him play in the box. Let him play that downhill true strong safety and let him help out and run support. Uh, But, man, I'm going to tell you what. When I see you in a state championship game out here in the state of Georgia – Hit A. Rick Gilbert, and y'all know who A. Rick Gilbert is. I think he's the best player in the 2020 class, headed out there to LSU. He's going to play a lot as a true freshman out there. When you hit that kid so hard in a state championship game that he actually coughs up the football, he actually doesn't come down with a reception, I know you've got some stick in those pads, and that's exactly what T.J. Quinn's got. I really don't know how this kid ended up in Louisville, to be honest with Keith. You know, I was going to ask you the same thing. Number one, he looks like a University of Georgia dog safety. That's number <laughs> one, right? He just—I mean, like, he's Richard LeCount. That's what he looks like. It's a very right. good comparison, right? He, he looks like a University of Georgia safety. One thing I loved about him was his reaction time on ball thrown. His reaction yeah. time was immediate. He's got a terrific break. He's a downhill player. You talked a little bit about that. But what does that mean? That means a guy who wants to play going forward. That's where he's most comfortable. That's where he's most natural. That's where he's most instinctive. Playing going backwards, not a strong point. Mm-mm. He struggles a little bit in transition. His feet get a little quick sandish. He doesn't flip his hips, you know, overly well. And then something he's going to have to continue to work on and develop as he matures and matriculates. But I like a guy at my safety position that's an intimidator, that's mm-hmm. an enforcer, and a guy that's going to come separate people from the ball. T.J. Quinn is that type of football player. Louisville got a guy. I can tell you that right now. They got a guy. If he gets up and weight to 225, expect him to move down and be a, a nickelbacker, okay? Yeah. Maybe even early in his career. He needs to continue, again, developing, you know, going playing backwards, flipping his hips, in his pedal. And it's really – it's really surprising for me to see a guy that's, you know, I mean, he's not like super, he's tight. He's not super tight, but it's surprising to me to see a track kid that's this tight in his hips. I mean, typically these guys, they're walking hurdles every single day. That's all they do when they start track practices, open up those hips. So to see that, that, you know, tightness in there, but 
Unlike this next guy we're going to talk about, there is no indecisiveness with TJ Quinn. He makes up his mind. He comes down the hill right now with some bad intentions. Well, we'll go ahead and bring in our next player. He's a, I know he's a, about a Florida, right? Yeah, we got, we got Dakota Mitchell, the, the most recent commit uh, to the University of Florida. He is a safety, and I, I think he's going to end up being a free safety uh, in college. Six foot, 185 pounds, plays both ways down there in South Florida. Uh, it's got really top-notch ball skills, but you would expect to see that from a guy who plays wide receiver and is going to play safety uh, in college. But the, the thing that really stood off to me or stood out to me is once he does have his hands on the ball, he knows how to score. He just got a knack for the end zone. He's not just going to pick it. He's going to six it, uh, if you will. Can really cover some ground. I mean, this is a real burner. I mean, when you when you line up in the slaughter, when you line up outside as a wide receiver in South Florida and you can take the top off of a defense down there, I know you've got speed. But again, man, it's the decision-making to me. I think he's kind of hesitant, uh, or hesitant, if you will. When he makes a decision, though, he finally does come downhill. But what I don't want to see, especially in the run game as a, as a free safety or a strong safety, is when these guys bounce up and down before they come downhill. No, 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 no. I want to see you stick your foot in the ground and come down now once you identify runs. So maybe it's not necessarily a hesitation. Maybe it's an identification issue, which that could come from playing multi- multiple positions in high school. Maybe he's just not comfortable back there at safety because he hadn't taken that 10,000-hour rule is real. I mean, it is absolutely real. you got to get those reps back there. you got to get that identification sealed up. And maybe he figures it out in college. But athletically, it's as supreme as an, of an athlete as you can get. But the only question I've got, again – is how big is he going to get, right? He's 185 pounds now, pretty wiry frame. So do they get him up to 205? Do they get him up to 210 pounds down there in Florida? We'll just have to see. But as an athlete overall with the ball skills, he's a freak, man. I mean, he can go get it. I have a suggestion, more of a demand for head coach Dan Mullen in Florida. Dan, here's what I want to tell you. Speak to him. Speak to him. I know you like this guy as a safety. And know he looks good on tape as a safety. But I'm telling you now, he's not a difference maker at safety. He's a difference maker on offense. Yes. That's where his money is. This is a twitchy. This is an explosive. This is a, a, a linear athlete who can take the top off and get vertical right now. Dan Muller, do not make the mistake of losing two years of this kid on the defensive side of the ball. I've got my notes right here. That, does he really want to hit? That's the hesitancy, right? We both saw I don't think he really wants to hit, right? Yeah. I don't think he really wants to hit. Is he a dog? I don't see that on tape. He's not really a dog like that. Put him in the slot. Let him attack these cover four safeties off of play action mm-hmm. and get on their toes and make plays behind the defense. That's my call. Coach Dan Mullen, I hope you're listening. I know you like the show. <laughs> Coach, just take my word for it. This is what I do for a living. Best in the nation at doing it, okay? <laughs> Dakota Mitchell, put him in a slot and let him make plays for you. Let's move along. Quarter, excuse me, cornerback, also going to Florida. We got, I know we got a trio of Florida players, our kids going to Florida here, but Jordan Young, he's a cornerback. I like the size and speed on his cat. Uh, he plays with a serious edge, Brooks. Yeah. Sometimes a little overboard. Sometimes yeah. a little overboard. Sometimes a little out of control, sometimes undisciplined. One thing that I can say about him, he's very competitive. Mm-hmm. Seems to love the game, very passionate. And a lot of times when those passionate guys get on the field, they get they can get borderline, right? Especially for yeah. the state of Florida. 
especially from the state of Florida, right? Absolutely. A lot um, of aggression down there. A lot of aggression down there. Jordan Young, one thing I want to see from this cat, Brooks, is I want to see shadow-type coverage. He should yeah. be somebody with shadow. With, that, with his skill set, with his yeah. speed, with his size, with his length, and his quickness, I saw too much separation on tape. Mm-hmm. Too and much I think- I think a lot of what that is is what we're talking about. I like to call them baiting corners. These are corners that are trying to bait quarterbacks into throwing picks. Well, I'm going to tell you what. When you get into SEC football, when you get into Power 5 football, for that matter, quarter, you can't do that crap. Quarterbacks got arms, man. They can fit it into tight spaces, let alone big ones. So I, like, I, I think we're right on the same page here, 16 and a half minutes into the show. I think we're really kind of hitting on the same things. He's six foot, 185 pounds, right? Big corner, but that lower half is real thin. I mean, wiry thin down low. So maybe get him in the squat rack, see what they can do with that. But you hit on it, man. It's a physical football player. Plays a real physical brand of football. But I liked I liked him when he was walked down in man-to-man coverage, not off, not playing zone, because like we talked about, he's a little too confident in his recovery speed in the sense that he's he's out here seeking for picks. He wants to make interceptions. But when you play off like that, it's just not good news. What I what what happens to him when you watch him is when he walks down in man to man, he tries to play blanket coverage. He's he's on the hip of the wide receiver. And I think that's where you need to leave this kid early in his career before he gets into himself into a lot of trouble playing zone coverage, doing that kind of stuff we're talking about. I really think, though, if you get this kid up to 195, 200 pounds and let him walk down. He's going to play pretty early out there at Florida because he does have man-to-man skills. It's the questions in zone, the the undisciplinedness you're talking about, and you would know more because you you play DB, your defense coordinator. I, I just don't like when you're out there trying to bait quarterbacks into throwing interceptions because that stuff does not translate into no. college. No, it doesn't. And one thing I have on my notes here, and I, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I will, is you know he, he plays very chippy, very yes. scrappy guy. Right. And, and a lot of a lot of emotion, maybe emotional, mm-hmm. too emotional, a lot of emotions, but too emotional. And I remember watching the ta- uh, a play on his tape, a running backs coming around the corner and young Jordan is coming up to make a hit. And, and he, he dives on the ground and, you know, cuts the grass with his face mask. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking. A kid with that much passion, that much energy for the game, what are you doing being an ankle biter? So it leads me to believe, or it leads me to ask the question. It begs the question, is he really a dog? Yeah, we call that fake toughness where I'm Yeah, does he really want to hit? Yeah. Look, look a little fake tough, okay? Now, hey, Jordan Young, reach out, holler at me. Holler at me. Show me something <laughs> different. But I'm just telling you what the tape said, right? Tape don't lie. So if you really bought that action, I'm going to see you come up. And I'm going to see you knock somebody's chin strap off. Not diving on the ground waiting for somebody to fall over your helmet. That's, that's, my, that's my call. Uh, let's that's move along. Kamari Wilcox, there's a story here, Brooks. And, and listen, you know more about it than I do. And I want to jump right into it. This kid has yeah. been all over the place. Talk to me. What you got? So Kamar Wilcoxon originally started Wilcox. up here in Georgia. Um, obviously going to finish out his career down there at IMG just recently recommitted uh, to the University of Florida. This is his third time committing to Florida since he was about 14 years old. So he committed to, four, to, he committed to Florida as a true freshman uh, in high school, 14 years old, decommitted, uh, and then hopped back on the Florida train just three months later. So before he even hit his sophomore year in high school, he had already de- committed, 
decommitted and recommitted to the University of Florida. And then his junior year of high school, he decommits from Florida again, starts flirting with Georgia and several other SEC schools, start flirting with Ohio State, you know, DBU, if you will. I mean, hell, it seems like every year they're putting a guy into the top 10 of the NFL draft. And then he commits to Tennessee out of nowhere, something we hadn't really heard about. Some, I mean, kind of caught everyone off guard, even Matt Ray up there uh, at VR2 with SI.com covering Tennessee. And then just recently, like I said, this week, he flipped again, decommitted and flipped back to Florida. So Florida is his dream school. I actually know Kamar. I've had a chance to interview him a couple of times and talk to him. He told me about a week before he flipped to Florida that he was going to Florida. And it was all because that's his dream school, man. Since he was 14 years old, 13 years old, hell, even when he was younger, he wanted to play at the University of Florida. Some things happened with that coaching staff. Some things were said that made him want to leave uh, in that commitment class, in that 2021 class. All things have been simmered down, and he's back at Florida. I think that's where he's going to stay because, again, that's what he loves, man. He loves the Gators, uh, and I, I don't think this is a problem, kid. I know, I know when people hear the story, they're going to be like, what? He's committed to four. He's committed four times. He's committed to Florida three times. He's got to be props. Nah, I don't think he's problems. I think what he is is he's confident in his abilities. So when a coach tells him that you have to come here to be successful, he says, screw you. I'm going to go be successful elsewhere. And then it takes a little time uh, to get things rekindled back there. But as far as this kid's game, man, holy smokes. We talked about, about these corners earlier maybe being fake tough. This kid is not fake tough. I think he's best at safety. I think he's he makes the best decisions in his game of football playing safety because he wants to take your head off, and he wants to do it right now. He's got incredible ball skills as well, really high points of football, almost like a wide receiver. Um, I, I just think if you play him at corner, you're doing a disservice to your overall defense because he's going to make plays. Now, here's the deal. I think he's going to go down there into IMG this year. He's going to play a traditional corner because playing up here at, in South or you know Midwest Georgia down here, he wasn't playing uh, corner. So I think he's going to go down there and do it. Listed as a corner, six foot, buck eighty five, just like we were talking about uh, with our last guy. And I think he's going to play corner in college. But man, I want to see this kid thump at, at safety. Just let him play free safety. Let him play center field, and and that's what he's best at. I really think playing center field safety and going to track in the football. Yeah, this is a single high safety uh, with big-time range. I love his IQ. But what I'm yeah. talking about is this is a kid who understands rock concepts. He understands what threatens him as a middle-of-the-field safety and understands the angles he needs to be to cut off the football, right? He's got a big-time IQ. I love his range. He's got awesome ball skills. One thing that, you know, he is very physical. Yes. But – I want to caution everyone when I say he's very physical with his shoulder. I was about to say he's a shoulder tackler. And that can be very dangerous, mm -hmm. especially as you move on to the college level. You can have a lot of shoulder problems yeah. being a shoulder tackler. And you're going to so, miss a lot of tackles. Yeah. I have here poor tackling habits. Yeah. You need to clean that up or get with a coaching staff who can help him clean that up. I think that's a better way to say it, but uh, love his ability as a football player, and uh, you've vouched for him as a kid, and we hope for him nothing but the best. Let's move along. Theodore Loxley, a wide receiver out of Florida, going to the Illini, going on play for Coach Lovey Smith. He done cut off the gray beard. He back to being clean. Super Bowl participant as a head coach. 
Really good year last year in Illinois for the final nine. Theodore Lotsley. I like this kid on text, Brooks. Talk to me. Yeah, it's a burner. He's six yeah. foot, 175 pounds. He's verified 1074 in the hundred. So he can really get up and go, as most of these Florida kids can. Like I said earlier in the show, they all can run, man. If you want to find out what your speed looks like, go play Florida football and come holler at me, okay? Uh, it's a yak for days kind of kid, man. When he catches the football, he, he's got a chance to score from any point on the football field, no matter where it's at. Um, I don't know how much advancement there is in the route running capabilities because he's basically been asked to take the top off the defense in high school. Um, Wasn't playing with a very good quarterback, so maybe that had a little bit to do with it. Um, But all he's been asked to do is run post goes and and maybe a comeback here or two or here every now and then to keep guys a little honest at the cornerback position. So I don't know how much there is in terms of the full route tree. I think you're going to have to coach him up in that aspect once he gets up there to Illinois, and I think that might be part of the reason he's there because this isn't a camp kid. If you take this kid to camp and they let everybody play press man and and pass interference because that's what they do. We've been to 100 of these camps, Keith. When they walk down and play press man, if they don't have have tennis balls in their hands, they're holding you, okay? So he's not one of these kids that's developed at the line of scrimmage to beat press. But I tell you right now, if you try to play off this guy at eight yards and you don't get into your backpedal immediately off the snap, you're going to be turning and burning just like he is. You're going to be chasing this guy down. And I think one thing that really stood off to the tape to me is because maybe he wasn't playing with the greatest quarterback. Man, he's figured out how to adjust to football in the midair. He can really track it over his shoulder, and I think that's really impressive too. But um, early on, it's going, it's going to be the same thing he was doing in high school. It's going to be goes and, and, and posts until he learns to sink his hips um, and get in and out of breaks, I think he's going to be a very limited in terms of his skill set uh, at the wide receiver position. But, I mean, you, you can't buy this kind of speed. You really can't. And for it to stay in the ACC and for it to go up there up north, he's going to play early just because they probably don't have very many kids like this on their roster. Yeah, I have it here in my notes. That's an upgrade to the wide receiver room. And yeah. I can tell you that right now. It's upgrading speed. It's an upgrade in playmaking. Again, he's a vertical threat. Um, but he did show good lateral movement on tape. He, he showed the ability to, to cut it back when he got the ball, to get in the back door. Oh, the, the lateral movement is great with the ball in his hands. It's yeah. when he's not with the yeah. ball, I think. Yeah, we around. Yeah. yeah. I love him as a returner. I yeah. love him as a returner. He could go, right? Um, mm-hmm. He shows some vision. Yeah, of course, we talk about his speed, but he's got that initial burst to kind of hit the hole. Uh, and then he's got that long speed. He's got a beautiful stride at six feet, 175. So uh, Theodore Locksley, I think Illinois, they got a good one here. And like you said, I think he needs to be developed as a, as a well-rounded receiver. But he's a good football player with a lot of speed. And I think they're going to find a great place for him to use it. Let's move along. Take it back out to the West Coast. Cornerback Jalen Davies, modern-day high school, commits to Oregon. Cornerback's coach, Rod Chance, hinted towards a big commitment that was going to be coming up. And Davies, a national champion, a state champion, Three-year started, modern day. He can play inside. He can play outside. He's a technician. Uh, he's got terrific ball skills. He'll come up and tackle and participate in the run game. Jalen Davies, not an elite athlete, but an no. elite football player. Yes. It's, yeah. it's kind of funny. You, you want to be Keith Miller's guy. Well, you can be fast and physical, do all that stuff. But you want to be Keith Miller's guy. Live out there on the West Coast. Go to a big California high school and then commit to Oregon. That's how you Keith Miller's guy. But this is, this right here is my guy as well. And it's for all the things you talked about, right? Not an elite athlete, 
but super, super smart football player. I actually yeah. got to evaluate him specifically on our SIL American platform. And the first name that came to my mind is Marcus Peters for all the same reasons we're talking about. For those who remember, Marcus Peters was a 4-5-7, 4-5-5 guy at the NFL Combine. So not one of these measurables dudes that's just going to pop off and run a 4-3-8, but he plays so instinctive and so smart. We talked about knowing route concepts and understanding when corners are, when wide receivers are breaking in, when, when they're breaking out, what the concept's going to be coming at you. This dude cheats in all the right ways. We talked a little bit earlier uh, uh, about a kid that was cheating in the wrong ways. This kid cheats in the right ways. Look, when you can force DJ Ugalele into an interception and almost into a second one, you know what you're doing out there at the cornerback position. And the fact that you talked about it, man, a three-year starter at Matter Day for a kid who's not just a measurables pop-off type of kid, that means every single day he's coming into practice and he's balling out. I mean, balling out. It's the only way this kid's getting onto the field. Um, I want to know, I really want to know what Coach Feld up there at Oregon is going to do to this frame because he's about 6'1", 6'1 about 170, 175 pounds. So there's a lot of room to put weight on this kid, and I really wonder what, uh, you know, are they going to fill the sleeves out there at Oregon is my question. So let, let, me, let me correct you a little bit. Go ahead. Um, he's not 6'1". Okay. Jalen Davies is more of... 5'11", maybe, okay? Yeah. Um, he's got that Merton Hanks neck. Yeah, it's that long neck. Oh, I, I don't even have a neck. Nowhere close. He got that long, he got that long, long, long. you know that neck. Um, <laughs> Jalen, he's got that Merton Hanks neck. But, <clears throat> you know, like we said, just a, just a really, really smart football player, a proven winner, and a guy who comes up big, big in the clutch. I think yeah. that's one thing. You know, as a former coordinator, you like guys who stand tall in pressurized moments. And if you're the University Absolutely. of Oregon, you're Andy Avalos, the defensive coordinator, you're Keith Haywards, the safeties coach, you're Rod Chance, the DB coach, quarters coach, a guy like Jalen Davies is going to come in handy as you make your run towards not just a Pac-12 championship, but the national playoffs, right? Yeah. And this kid shines bright on big stages. And I think he's going to pay great dividends for the Ducks down the road. Let's move along. One of my favorite players in the country that I just don't think gets enough respect nationally. Did not get invited to the Elite 11, which was disappointing for me to hear. Quarterback Clay Millen out of Washington. I've had a chance, Brooks, to evaluate this kid closely. And I'm talking very close. And I love everything about him. Yeah. I love everything about him. I love his intangibles. I love his measurables. I love his arm talent. I love his communication skills. I love his ability to read a defense. I love his accuracy. I love his timing. I love everything about Clay Millen. Arizona and Kevin Sumlin, they get an elite ball distributor. This yep. kid can throw it anywhere on the field and can put it on the money. Very, very similar to a guy that just went berserko in the SEC, Joe Burrow. Clay okay. Miller got a lot of Joe Burrow in him, and I'm a huge fan. What would you see on tape? I, I'm just scheme fit to start. It's a kid that's 6'3", 192 pounds. Anything I know about the Kevin Sumlin offense tells me that this is just an interesting physical fit, and maybe he's changing things a little bit. But Kevin Sumlin, his history tells me with guys like Khalil Tate and Johnny Manziel, and even back to, I know Case Keenan wasn't a major runner, 
But this is a guy that likes to have RPOs and design runs in his game for his quarterback. I don't know if Clay's one of those types of kids. Um, but what you talked about is that that Joe Burrow type of athleticism, that ability to shake off defenders, that ability to be a willing runner when need to be. He's going to run to throw, not just run to run, is this type of athlete right here. But, man, look at the numbers on this kid. Holy smokes. I mean, 34 touchdowns to one interception on 71% completion percentage last year as a junior in high school. That stuff's nuts. I don't care where you're playing. I don't care who you're playing. Um, I would have I would have really loved to see this kid. I'm going up to Elite 11 next week out there to Nashville. I would have really loved to see this kid throw because the arm talent, I mean, my God, it's off the charts. It's a straight over-the-top delivery. I mean, real quick, real efficient, and just powerful as all get out. The kick and really spin it. The other thing I love about him, he's fearless in that pocket, dude. Oh, yeah. he, he he will throw with people draped all over his body. I saw one clip. He took one square off the chin. I mean, I call it take a shot to throw a shot. That's this kind of kid. He's not going to, you know, dip underneath the guy. If the post is open and he's got a defender in his face right now, by God, he's going to throw the post and then take the shot off the chin. So I love that about this kid, and this not something you're going to see nowadays in high school football. It's something that they have to teach these kids, um, and, and some of them never find it because they just don't have that. We talk about it all the time. They don't have that dog. They don't have that killer instinct inside them. They don't have that toughness. This kid's tough as can be. Um, I'm right there with you, man. I would have loved to see this kid throw it. Because arm talent-wise, at least on tape, I obviously haven't seen it in person. You have. Arm talent-wise on tape, this kid can spin it with anybody in the country outside of maybe Caleb Williams. He's, he's, he's a special talent at the quarterback position. Again, I, I think he's undervalued nationally, underrated nationally. I know he's a four-star kid, but you just don't hear about him as an elite quarterback. I'm here to tell everybody he is elite. He will be a big-time decision maker, uh, a difference maker at, for the Wildcats. I think it's a huge get for Kevin Summon. Go ahead, Brooks. No, go ahead. I was going to add another kid that I think that got snubbed at the Elite 11, but go ahead and finish out your comments okay. on, on um, Millen. I, I really like Clay Millen. I'm here to stand on the table for Clay, and I think he's special. I think he's a special talent, and I think he's going to tap out around that Joe Burrow size at about 220 and about 6'3", and I think he's going to present major, major problems and be a big-time guy in two to three years uh, up in Tucson, but go ahead. All right, kid out of Colorado. He's going to Kansas State. His name is Jake Rubley. He actually won the Elite 11 here in Atlanta. Um, the only reason, um, because he flat out smoked everybody out there. I mean, it was hands down. We're talking Aaron McLaughlin, Ja'Curry Brown, all these kids in 21 and 2022. It wasn't even close. Jake Rubley walked away with the title that day at the Elite 11. Now, the only caveat He's not going to be in Nashville because there's this guy named Brock Vandergriff that didn't come out to the Elite 11 that day. So Vandergriff got the nod, and this kid, I don't know what the deal was. He's from Colorado, Keith. He traveled all the way to Atlanta, got off a plane, and smoked them boys. I'm talking about smoking them. It was not even close. Ball placement off the charts. Arm strength off the charts. About six two and a half, six foot three, 190 pounds. Smart as all get out. You talk to the kid. He, he's as savvy as an NFL professional right now. So I think if we're talking about kids that got snubbed, Clay Millen, I know they can only bring 11, right? Clay Millen and Jake Rubley, I'm telling you right now, he's going to go to Kansas State, and people are going to be like, who is this kid throwing for 4,000 yards at Kansas State? It's Jake Rubley, and I'm telling you right now, Colorado, Jake Rubley, going to be an absolute dude, a little extra instant impact analysis. Um, but another guy that's really slept on, 
uh, is our next guy. So go ahead and lead him in, Keith. Well, well just quickly, Jake Rubley, I've been knowing since he was eighth grade. Yeah. Eighth grade. He came to our Pro Football Hall of Fame Academy uh, with Amari Daniels from South Fork and Central High School. Mm-hmm. And they both came. They were both the number one players at their positions in eighth grade. And we brought them to the academy and they came and worked out. So I've known Jake for a while. He's very talented, very good, and very polished. Yes. Very polished. So uh, let's move along. Maurice Hines. <laughs> we talked a little bit pre-recording. We both really like Maurice Hines. We're not sure why other people don't like him. I know the University of Washington does. Okay. They get a big time strong side defensive end at six foot five, 250 pounds. He's a foreigner. Yeah. But let me tell you something. He's got a lot of juice in his tank, Brooks. Yes, sir. You got the tape on. Tell everybody what you liked about it. All right, man. Well, I'm telling you right now, we saw it last week. We talked about Troy Franklin, and then all of a sudden, oh, oh, God, he's got a five-star. This kid, I bet money. If this, I bet $100 to one of our listeners right now. If this kid ends up a three-star, you can have my hundo. I'll send it to you on Venmo. This kid will not end up a, a three-star recruit. He's no six foot. He's actually six six now, Keith. He's actually getting a little bit taller. Um, like you said, about 245, 250 pounds, and he still looks like a damn teenager. When you look at this kid, it's so – I know he's a teenager, but it's so rare nowadays when these 17-year-old kids now are looking like they're 30 walking into college. This ain't one of these kids. This kid looks like a kid and has a body of a grown man. He's coming to America from Germany, played one year of high school football out west, and flat-out dominated. I mean, came over to American football. Think about this. Think about how hard this is. He's been the dude over there at Germany for years. Comes over to California football in a pretty good conference, in a pretty good schedule, and flat-out dominates. I mean, showing everything. And the thing that stood off the tape to me, this kid's got NFL twitch. Like, he's got NFL first step. That first two steps, bang, bang, it is. I mean, he covers ground at six foot six, And that's not something you see from a kid that's this tall and this long and hasn't been playing. I would assume he hadn't been playing the position very long because when you got an athlete like this out, out over there in Europe, He's probably playing tight end. He's probably playing wide receiver and then goes over to defense and plays defensive end. Probably plays a little bit of linebacker too over there. So they, these kind of kids play everything out there at Germany. So for him to come over here in America first year, show the first step. And he even showed a little bit of pass rushing skills. I saw a dip and rip. I saw a swim move. I saw a club. Like he's got a little bit of an arsenal there. That's only going to get better. I'm telling you right now, Maurice Himes will not end up a three-star Washington got themselves a football player. Listen, Coach Jimmy Lake, head coach Washington, did a great job here. This is an NFLer. This is a Sunday, a Sunday guy is what we like to call him. This is a Sunday football player. This is a Sunday guy. You talk about flexibility on the edge. You mm-hmm. talk about a great stance. The stance. The stance I do it. Beautiful. He's got a great stance on the edge. He's sprinting out that stance. Mm-hmm. He's winning the edge with flexibility and finesse hands. He's also punching the heck out of offensive tackles, mm-hmm. knocking them three yards into the backfield, coming off blocks, making plays. This is an NFL guy. He has the athleticism, the twitch, the speed-to-power combination, the tremendous size and elite length. This is a four-star at the minimum. Yeah. If and- I hear somebody say three-star, I'm going to slap him. Here, here's the deal. I, I, I was talking to a buddy in the scouting world today, 
And his thing was, well, the camp circuit this summer would have helped him out a lot. I don't want to hear that shit. Dude, dude turn, on the, turn on the tape. Watch the first step. And like Keith said, that's NFL burst. That's, that's NFL twitch from a guy that's this big. And then you take into account that he's really only been playing serious organized football for 12 games. Like, come on, man. I'm telling you right now, people are going to be like, who is this guy? You know, why did he shoot up 150 spots in the 24-7 rankings? Right. Well, because they finally, they finally found the tape is what's going to end up happening. That's what's going to end up happening. They finally okay. watched the tape. They finally watched the tape. Okay, let's move on. Maurice Hines, I'm on board. You're a dude if we say you're a dude. If we say you're <laughs> a dude, so go do your stuff and, and put everybody on notice, okay, that we rolling. Let's move along. We got Will lot too. Again, Jimmy Lake and that Washington staff, a lot of momentum right now on recruiting trail. If you think yeah. about it right now, had a Washington guy last week. You got Hines this week. You got Latu. Lot to like about Latu. First thing that stands out, versatility, right? Yep. Jumbo athlete, beautiful versatility. Um, he this is a collision, a close to collision defender. Close to collision. His ability to close on the football and collision the ball carrier or ball catcher is really good. And again, with my coaching background, I'm going to tell you why that's important. That's important because in the spread system, you're going to find guys on crossing routes or stick routes who have to catch the ball first and then transition into runners. But when you have heat-seeking missiles closing ground Mm -hmm. and coming up lighting you up, all of a sudden, those five-yard catches turn into five-yard fumbles, and they turn into defensive touchdowns. Yeah. That's why close to collision is important. And at 6'3", 220, you can imagine what that collision is like on a consistent basis. Really like Latu. He shows the ball skills on offense. Again, very versatile. Brooks, I know you like him. I don't know how anybody doesn't like this kid. I've I got in my notes, he's Noah Sewell light. If, if you took Noah Sewell... And, and shaved him down to what he should actually probably be playing at, at like 225, 230 pounds. Yeah. This is what it would look like, as opposed to Noah Sewell trying to play at 250 pounds. Rumors were he weighed in at 262 pounds at the Adidas All-American game. But, I mean, he's not near of an athlete as Noah Sewell, even at that heavy of a weight. But this is, like you said, a jumbo athlete. I saw him play running back. Saw him play safety. Saw him sit on the edge and rush the passer. Mm-hmm. Saw him play wide receiver. The ball mm-hmm. skills are incredible. I mean, he high points the football as a slot receiver. I mean, this kid can do absolutely everything. The thing I'm really interested to see is what kind of growth does this kid have when coach says, hey, Will, I know you've been doing 75,000 things at your high school, but guess what? Now you only have to do one. Now you only have to play linebacker, get as great as you can at that one position, and man, I'm gonna tell you what, he's gonna the growth this kid's gonna show in the first six to eight weeks in camp is gonna be incredible. You're gonna hear the Washington beat writers, they're gonna be like, all we keep hearing about is Will Latu. All we keep hearing about is well, I don't know why. Who's this Will Latu guy? Well, it's this kid that's been playing all over the field in high school, and now coach has confined him down to one position and he's picking it up like crazy. Yeah. I got a great comparison for you. Come on. Penn State All American Micah Parsons. Okay. I had Micah as a freshman. He was a part of our elite academy, the top freshman in America. Along in that group was uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, Brevin Jordan, tight end from Miami, uh, Buki Brennan, Larry Howe. Right. 
Um, a lot of great football players in college right now, but Micah was a kid coming out of high school that could do it all. Yeah. He played running back. He played defensive end. He played linebacker a little bit, but he made the transition to linebacker when he got to Penn State kind of unwillingly, right? Micah wanted to play on the edge. He wanted to rush a pass. But James Franklin and his staff had the foresight to put him in the middle to where he could affect the inside run game, the outside run game, the quick game, and also match up with running backs and tight ends and the underneath coverage. Will Latu is a poor man's Micah Parsons. That's no slight to Will Latu because Micah Parsons is a freak show. Yeah. He's a freak show. Will Latu, I see a lot of similarities, though. That's the versatility, the explosiveness on contact, the ball skills. Latu, Parsons. I like it. I like it a lot. Let's move along. Free safety, O.J. Burroughs. He goes to Kansas. The Jayhawks, they got a dude. Hey, hey, the hat? Yeah. The hat in the hat? Yeah. Listen, I like this Burroughs kid, man. B.A., talk to him. What you got? Hey, man, in big all-caps letters, ball skills. Look, when you you go to IMG and you break the interceptions record at IMG, I mean, think about how many safeties have come out of that place. They they pump out D1 athletes every single year. If you're breaking any type of record out there, you're a ball player. Now, here's the deal. He's five foot nine and a half, five foot ten, maybe 175, 170 pounds. So the first thing right off the bat, we just gotta we gotta find out how much weight we can actually pack onto him if he's gonna stay at safety. Otherwise, he's probably gonna have to bump into the slot uh, if he doesn't get that much bigger. Um, but here's the deal: he's coming from IMG. He's played there for a little bit of while. So in that weight room, in that strength and conditioning program, if the kid hasn't put on the weight yet. I just you just don't know if it's ever going to show up. Some of these guys they just it just never comes. But that's okay because the play speed on this guy is insane. I mean, it, it might say four six nine when you go look it up on a measured time uh, wherever he ran it. But when you look on the tape, it's insane. He plays an incredible center field man. When when I'm watching a center fielder, I'm talking not center field safety. I'm talking about an actual center fielder. That reaction time once the ball hits the bat, we call it a jump in in baseball. How quick is that jump? This kid's jump is as quick as anybody in the class. And that's why he can play deep safety at IMG and break interception records. It's not because he's just back there, you know, and a couple of them were cherry picked interceptions. Don't get me wrong. But there were several where he's flipping hips, deciding before the ball is thrown that that's where the ball's being thrown. And then he goes over there and high points to football. So when I see that kind of stuff, I know the kid can absolutely play. It's the measurables. That's the only reason this kid's going to Kansas. If he was six foot, 170 pounds, he wouldn't be going to Kansas. He'd be sticking in the ACC or SEC like the rest of those IMG kids. I like this kid a lot, man. It's just the measurables thing. That's Everybody in this industry gets caught up in these measurables. But he's going to go start three years at Kansas and then go play in the slot like Kenny Moore and do just about anything uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. And you're going to be like, well, I mean, that's why kids like this come out of Kansas all the time, man. They end up being fourth-round draft picks and playing 10 years in the league. You know, the kid is a dog. Let me ask you a question. What's up? What do you think Les Miles was thinking when he saw a five-foot-nine and change ball skills that was a dog? What do you think he was thinking in his head, being that you were Les Miles and you you were the head coach at LSU previously? You talking honey badger? I'm talking honey badger, man. I figured you were talking honey badger. I mean, honey badger, honey. I hear you. But listen, 
When he picks it off, he's trying to house it. Yeah. This is a kid, he has beautiful vision on the quarterback, and his instincts of where the ball is going before it goes there are beautiful. He's got a great jump, but I love his ability to track it down and finish. Brooks, it's, you know, it, it comes to a point where the little things are always the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. A deflected pass versus an interception. A lot of defensive backs cannot make the plays this kid makes. And they're dropping the bag, man. They're That's all they're, they're doing. They're the bag, man. This that, guy, that is a bag of money every is, time it goes in the air. In the air, making plays. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Les Miles saw him on tape and said, That's my next honey badger. That's fair. I mean, I, I like it better. I mean, what Honey Badger does great, and he does everything great, but I think what he really does great is play into that 5 to 25-yard range. This kid's going to play 20 yards deep and, and, and pick everything off like he did in high school, but he's also got that willingness to come down and hit. So if you want to play him in the box, and, and that's what the game is nowadays. It's you know deep shots occasionally, but it's a lot of RPO slants, a lot of digs, a lot of crossers. Let this guy sit in zone coverage, and he's going to pick balls off because he's got great ball skills. So I, I like that comp. Yeah, I put him in a nickel. Yeah. I put him in a I put him in a nickel, and I let him play man. I let him play zone. I bring him off the edge. I let him be a playmaker. A Rondé Barber, right? A Rondé okay. Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Rondé Barber. He was gotcha. best known for that in that Tampa two defense. He was going to sit at that nickel position. He was going to play that curl route. He was going to squeeze the hole. He was going to sink the seam. He was going to close on the crosser. That's just what he was built to do. I think mm-hmm. he's getting built to do the same thing. Let's move along. Uh, got a couple more guys here. We have Thomas Cole, offensive tackle here out of Southern California. He's the highest rated tackle for 247 in California or, or highest rated offensive lineman for 247. Um, in California. This is Thomas Cole, commits to UCLA. And this is interesting here. This is interesting. I, I don't, um, I'll go, I don't, I'll go ahead. This is, uh, this is, this is, listen, this is your forte. Yeah, I'll go ahead and rip it up. Um, but the first thing I got on the notes is, guess he didn't want to hoop. Like, it's it's. I don't see top-ranked, I mean, out there in California maybe, I don't see top-ranked offensive linemen. I don't see top-ranked tackle either. Now, what I do see is, the fact that this kid wore single digits a lot of the time in high school. Okay. He was a blocking tight end until they said, Holy smokes, dude, you're six foot seven. You're going to play tackle in college. So let's go ahead and get you into tackle. He is a good athlete, but you would expect to see that at six foot seven, 265, 270 pounds, whatever he's up to at this point. Um, it's relentless effort and he's got a high motor. Again, you would expect to see that from undersized kids in terms of weight wise. The only problem I got, man, you can tell this kid hadn't played tackle very long. So maybe it's just a projectables type of rating. Maybe that's what it is. But he is not very clean in the tech. The run game tech's not great. Bit of a leaner. Um, feet come together really, really often, which I'm going to tell you right now, go run up on a, a USC defensive end with your feet close together and watch that dude throw you up out the club because that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to end up rolling doing barrel rolls in the middle of the play. So the feet, again, they come together a lot. All these things could be coached up. We talked about it with offense alignment earlier. One thing I can't coach is attitude and effort. He's got those two things, and he's got six. I can't coach attitude, effort, and size, okay? He's got all three of those things. So, again, maybe it is a measurables-based 
uh, rating from those guys over there. Um, this is a red shirt candidate to me, man. You can't you can't tell me this kid's going to be ready to set the you know pass rush on, on the the FCS Power Five level right now because I guarantee you he ain't gone backwards yet. I mean, maybe he goes to camps and, and goes backwards and works on that stuff with no pads on, but he has not figured out a kick slide yet, at least not on tape and not at not offense that he's running. So um, the ath- the athleticism, the measurables, all that stuff leaves room for incredible promise. He's just not there right now. And I, you can't expect the kid to be there right now because, again, for the first two and a half minutes of his high school tape, he's wearing number seven, and he's just being a blocking tight end. So you can't really expect that stuff immediately. But again, he does have the the size, the attitude, and the effort, and that's all. That's all you can you can ask for at least. Now he's not any of these guys out here on the East Coast that we talked about last week um, with T.J. Latham. He's not Tommy Brockemeyer. He is not Amarius Mims. Um, but what he is is a project, and he's a damn good one. I mean, he could be really, really great. Um, but right now, he's just so raw, so raw. And for me, it begs the question: How is he rated? Four stars, but my man Maurice he, Maurice Hines is a three star. Yeah, but I don't. It's a little. It's a little. It's a little. It's a little weird. Again, maybe maybe this kid's a a, a camp hero. Maybe because that's what no, they 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 do no. most of their measurables off these camps. No. Man, they they go watch these camps and they say, "Holy shit, who's this kid walking up getting off the bus?" And then it's immediately writing the kid's name down, and then you watch because there's. 4,000 kids out at the camp, you watch them take two good reps, and you're like, oh, six, seven, block so-and-so, four-star. Lock it up. I mean, maybe, but the tape ain't the tape ain't there, bro. No, the, ta- they, the tape they, is they, not they, they there. there. Um, the, the competition is really poor. Yeah. And um, the, for me, it leaves a lot to be desired. Now, it, does he have a nice ceiling? Yes. But it's going to take three four years to get to that. Yeah. There's a lot of work that needs to be done on his body. There's a lot that needs to be done with his technique. So, I mean, he's going to have to put on, he's going to have to put on 30 pounds to even get onto the field. I mean, no question. It, at least he's going to have to get up to 315 to even play. There's so no, we'll see. There's no question. Let's move along. Defensive back, Sean Brown, NC state got a guy. He's a safety. I like his versatility. Mm-hmm. I like his physicality. I got a comparison for you. Come on. Brian Dawkins. Oh, that's heavy. That's heavy. DJ Swearinger. Okay, I like that one. The dreads uh-huh. on that one. The hey. dreads on that one. I'm, I'm messing yeah. with the dreads. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. North Carolina State got a dude. This yeah, guy, they did. He's a three. You know, in baseball, they got a, they call three tool players, right? Five. Or five, excuse me, five tool players. Yeah. This guy's a three tool defensive back. He can fit the run, he can rush the passer, and he can play the deep ball. Yeah, I like him in all three phases. Coming forward, he'll hit you. He he will hit you. He can rush the passer and he's fearless. I like how he breaks on the ball and zone coverage. I like his ability to be physical in man and find the football in phase. Sean Brown, NC State. What'd you see? Yeah, Dis- disruptor. So first thing I got on my on my play sheet, he is an absolute play disruptor offensive coordinators are going to have to say and here's you 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 play on the defensive side i played on the offensive side so when you walk in the offensive meeting room on monday they tell you there's a dude at each level and they i mean those stars in ncaa 14 they're real that really happens when we're evaluating guys you've got to have your eyes on this guy 
Sean Brown is one of those guys when we talk about that. He's got really great ball skills. I know you didn't mention it. This dude's got a pick on his highlight tape that I'm surprised they didn't send it to Sports uh, Sports Center. I mean, it is jump out the gym, high point the ball. The ball's thrown so hard it damn near flips him over, and he holds on to it going down. Okay, can I mean? He- incredible like ability to dive and catch the football as well so he'll put his body on the line and like you said man this kid will stick you um i think he's best in the box okay i I know he's going to be able to eventually one day maybe play uh in in a free safety type of position um which is so coveted now in in professional football but in college football you still need some of these dudes that will like we said earlier you're not gonna want to run a dig with sean brown standing in the middle of the field you're not gonna want to run a five-yard crosser with Sean Brown standing in the middle of the field. And you're not you're not going to want to roll out when this dude's blitzing off the edge because he's going to hit you in the rib cage and throw you about four yards. I mean, he's got all the thump in the world, and he's real thick, man. 6'1", six, six, 190 pounds, probably plays closer to 200 uh, during the season. I really like this kid, and again, it starts with that all-around disruptor of an offense. When you line up, the quarterback is going to have in his head, where is Sean Brown? Let me find that kid and probably stay away from him because he's either going to turn it over, pick it, or get somebody hurt. No, this kid can play. NC State got a guy. Yeah. Uh, like you said, he's one of those guys. You better look out. He'll knock yeah. your head off, and he'll make plays on the football. Let's move along. Our last player for the day, Sean Osbury, uh, going to Virginia Tech, made his commitment, cutback runner. He's got the yeah. I see a slower Shady McCoy on tape. That's what it reminded me of. A slower Shady McCoy doesn't have that four three speed Shady clock that coming out of college, but I love his ability, his his vision, his cutback ability. I love his feel in the open field. Um, he's a guy who's trying to get in the back door, and if I'm the yeah. coordinator going against him, I'm saying, listen, play him for the cutback. He yeah. wants the cutback, right? Stay in his hip pocket, wait on the cutback and bang him, right? Um, but he does a nice job. He's got the feet. He's got the lateral ability. He's got the quickness. The top-end speed leaves a little bit to be desired, but yeah. I, I like him for Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, we, we assume he's going to play running back in college. I kind of like his safety tape as well. I think yeah. he plays a, a pretty decent safety, but body type-wise, he's just not big enough to play safety, mm-hmm. and he's not fast enough to play corner, so you're yeah. probably best off leaving him at running back. How about a comparison? I know we, we used this one last week. This is Anthony McFarland to me without the like major top end speed. Okay. I, I know you saw the shiftiness and the and the side to side ability. I saw an inside zone runner. Okay. This is like you said, that backdoor cut. He's got good vision for that. Um, and that that side to side shakeable ability. That's what made Shady McCoy so great. But I think that's what also makes this kid want to think he's a punt returner and a kick returner because he can make so many guys miss and he can throw guys all off of them. But like you said, the top end speed's not quite there um, for him to be a breakaway guy. But this is going to be a chunk play kid, okay? He can he can rip that 20 to 40 range in terms of that running back ability, but this isn't a home run hitter, okay? We talked about uh, the kid going to Arkansas last week. This ain't one of these guys, okay? This ain't a 10 3 100-meter guys, probably an 11, 4, 100-meter guy, but he's thicker than all get out. I don't see 175 pounds when I flip on the tape. Do you, Keith? He looks yeah. like he's 190 to me. He's yeah. real thick hips down, um, which is going to translate well to the running back position uh, in the ACC. Uh, projectable kid. I mean, it's going to be a couple of years down the road, I think, before he gets on the field. But when he does, he's going to be 
a two, three-year quality starter uh, in the ACC, and he's probably going to go for 1,000 yards two out of those three years. No question about it, man. That does it, man. And we got through all of our prospects. Congratulations to the players, their families, to the schools. These guys committed. and They're off for free education, which has to be the goal, um, the initial goal at least. And I'm sure everybody's got NFL aspirations. But realistically, you know, how real is that? It's not very real. Yeah. But, uh, again, congratulations to these guys and their families. And- and you know what? I know we're talking about these kids, most of them a week or so after they commit. And I, I think if you've listened, especially if you've listened to this far into the show, if you're listening to this far into the fourth episode, Keith and I don't sugarcoat stuff, okay? But guess what? Neither will your college coaches, okay? They're going to tell you what you need to work on and need to get better at. So all these kids, great players, obviously. They're going to play in the Power Five, and they're, most of them are going to play early. But there's definitely some things to work on on all of these kids. Everyone can improve uh, except for maybe Troy Franklin. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it, man. So, anyway, hey, listen, thanks for joining Instant Impact. Um, we're really excited about this show. Brooks and I, we share a love of the game, and not just the game, but the schematics, the intricacies, the, the player development, um, the, the, and everything that the game consists of. We share a fondness for it and a liking for it, and we really enjoy doing this show. And it's just strange, it's not going to stop soon. Um, be looking forward to episode five, I believe it is, next week, Instant Impact. There are going to be more commitments. We're going to be breaking them down. You know we're going to keep it real. We're going to keep it a buck. We're going to let you know what it is. If you don't like it, tough titty. If you do <laughs> like it, come on back and get you some more of this. It's Coach Keith. It's B.A. from the G.A. Instant Impact. That's how we move it, baby. we catch y'all next time. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry.